Hi, I'm your host, Susan Nay. Welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out. It's a series designed to help you demystify HR and the human resource processes. We're going to talk about people management and get the goods on and see how all this stuff works. You're going to hear from everyday heroes and get their perspectives as we touch on a wide variety of topics, topics that impact us in our work and in our work environments. You'll find nuggets for your treasure chest of learning. Hopefully you'll discover insights for your personal and your professional growth. I'm glad you're here. I suspect it's because you want to be the very best version of yourself, your personal best, and that you get understanding these systems and processes will help you on your journey, on your path. You ready to dare to soar? Want to join me at flight school? Let's do this. Thanks for joining me today. Hi. Welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out, Demystifying HR and People Management. I'm your host, Susan Nay. Today, we're going to talk about that negative chatter inside our heads, sometimes called our gremlins. It's the stuff that holds us back, it erodes our self-confidence, and it creates havoc in our ability to present as our very best. I have not yet met anyone who doesn't struggle with it. Gary Harper, in his excellent book, The Joy of Conflict Resolution, encourages us to spend time with our gremlins, to identify what it feels like when they surface, what they sound like, or feel like, or look like, and then to give them a name. Negative Nelly, Doubting Debbie, Tasmanian Devil, (laughs) just a couple of examples. Gary encourages us to observe it, acknowledge it, and then to refocus that we not give our gremlins power by arguing with them. So today we're going to talk about that identification of those gremlins and then about some tools to use to do that refocus. Negative self-talk. I suppose you're like me, especially when it comes to how we feel that we're being perceived by our worlds. We all pick up on body language, changes in vocal tone, and other indicators that Perhaps an individual's words, as an example, are not an accurate reflection of what they're truly feeling. And yes, this provides a wonderful playground for those negative voices inside of us. Let's look at a couple of examples of those inner voices. You've just been interviewed for a job that you're really hoping to land. Initially, you felt the interview went very well. And then you started to think about those questions again. You wondered if you should, should have you perhaps used another example. You weren't expecting a question about how you handled conflict on the job, so you struggled with your response. Very quickly, the glow of what you had initially felt really good about diminishes. And this only gets worse as you wait to hear. You begin to think of how wonderful all those other applicants must be. And you start to compare yourself to individuals you've never met. Does any of this sound familiar? Another example. You conjure up the courage to ask for time with your boss. You haven't had any feedback on your performance and your probationary period is quickly approaching. 
you think you've done well, but you kind of appreciate knowing if there's something you could be doing better or differently. You know your boss is busy. Your request for time with them is met with a rolled eye and a deep sigh. And where do you think your head goes? One more. You've heard that your company isn't doing well. There's lots of closed doors and averted eyes. You can cut the tension in the office with a knife. And then you receive a call to attend a meeting next week. There's no indication of what that meeting is to be for. I could continue. Our work environments are full of uncertainty. Engagement surveys continue to indicate that communication is one of the areas our organizations could be doing a better job at. And when communication doesn't occur, we make it up. We spend time around the, these days, virtual water coolers. We watch for signals. We look to find out ways that we try to figure out what's going on. We don't want to be surprised. And we make lots of assumptions, many of them incorrect. You see, you did do a good job at that interview. And those recruiters are swamped. The interview that you were involved in was only one of many that they're currently responsible for, on top of a myriad of other responsibilities. And something else on someone else's agenda has made a higher priority for them, which has delayed their being able to move forward on your recruitment process. You don't know any of this. It's not their intent to keep anyone wondering or waiting. It's just their life. They are pedaling as fast as they can. You impress them. And so did several others. You may not end up being offered the position because they only have one, but it is no negative reflection on you. At some point, it will be you who gets the job, leaving many others disappointed. And those rolled eyes and sigh from your boss. In this case, it's overwhelming. Again, nothing to do with you. They didn't even notice the body movement signs, or those may not have occurred. They know they've been lax in providing mentoring and feedback to you, but you are so very good. You haven't needed that of them. And they are busy with lots of other stuff on their plate. Their reaction had nothing to do with you except that. When you're asking for their time, it was just one thing that they don't have enough of. And finally, for our example of your company not doing well, it might indeed be that there is bad news ahead. You aren't likely to be the only one impacted, and if it happens, you will deal with it. How much sleep have you lost worrying about something that is totally outside your control? And if you end up in the job market, self-confident, smiling, and energetic you is far more likely to be of interest to future employers. Those internal voices have told us stories, stories that have taken a toll on us, and that's not a positive toll. So what do those internal negative voices sound like? Mine scream words such as, you blew it, you aren't good enough. How stupid could you be? And you aren't what they're looking for. Why would they choose you? 
I suspect you've had some similar words from yours. And how do we tell them that they were where they're there and that we have it? They can quieten down and they can trust that we can handle things. How do we do that? Gary Harper notes that by first observing what's going on for us, of feeling that tightness in our chest or our tummy, of noticing that we're clenching our fists or whatever your signs are of recognizing those, the personal and unique to us signs that our negative Nellies and the doubting Debbies are starting to have a field day with us, being aware of that. Breathe. Fire Chief Steve Serbeck taught me about what he calls box breathing. I've learned since that it is indeed a thing that you can research on the internet. The power of taking a breath. We do it when we're surprised. <gasps> it's our body's way of getting more oxygen into our blood. We can learn to do it purposefully. So let's just a little bit of a lesson on box breathing. Breathe in to the count of four. Hold for the count of four. Breathe out to the count of four. And hold for the count of four. And it's recommended that you do this several times. It should calm you. And it indeed gets more oxygen into your bloodstream. And it refocuses your brain away from listening to the chatter of those gremlins. Another tip, consultant Mary Corbett in a recent uh, live Facebook shared another way of refocusing. And she, she explained that it works best for people who prefer a tactile way. And sometimes there may be times when you literally don't have the time or the opportunity to take several slow box breathing breaths. Take your thumb and your, your index finger and touch your thumb very gently, just putting enough pressure so that you can feel the ridges on your thumb. And then you can do the same to the other fingers on your hand. You can also move to use that hand and just do the same gentle movement on your, your palm. You could be doing this with your hand under the table or perhaps in your pocket. Not the one about the two hands, that would look a little awkward, but <laughs> anyways, it does the same thing. What you're doing is you're focusing on the movement. And so your internal voices can't yell at you because your mind is focused elsewhere. Another technique is just to slow down, to pause, and to question the assumptions that you're making in the matter that's causing you distress. In the interview example, you don't really know that the interview, how the interviewers are thinking about you or the interview. You've done what you could. You need to move forward from that. The results will be what they are. There's no sense rehashing, except perhaps to be better prepared for the next interview by working through questions that you hadn't expected. 
The after action review is always a good exercise, asking yourself the questions, what just happened? What have I learned from it? What will I do differently in the future? And those assumptions, I turn to Byron Katie's questions from her book, Loving What Is, Four Questions That Can Change Your Life. These questions being, is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? And who would you be without that thought? And I will put the information about the books that I've referenced in the podcast show notes. Let's go back to that probationary employee. Probationary employee as an example. It is true that the manager exhibited body language that will leave any of us, assuming that the, ne the negative reaction to our request was about us. The body language question is true. The manager did roll their eyes and sigh deeply. But you don't know, looking at the second question, can you absolutely know it's true? Because it's about, was it that body language about you? You don't know that for sure. So for the second question, can you absolutely know it's true? You're really making assumptions about their reaction. So the answer to question two has to be a no. Question three, how do you react? What happens when you believe the negative thoughts that have been running through your head? The first word that comes to my mind is shitty. Sorry, I don't normally swear, but it kind of captures how most of us would likely be feeling. And what would we be without that feeling? So let's use the word depressed, fearful, wishing we'd never asked. <laughs> you can see why you chose my first word. Without the thought, I believe that we would be feeling considerably better. And oh, what if we'd had the courage to say, oh, I've obviously caught you at a bad time. I just wanted to ensure that I'm meeting your needs and expectations, especially since I'm almost at the end of the trial period and I really like working here. That manager actually thinks the world of us, but is completely unaware of the impact of their behavior, of that body language. And if they knew what that body language is causing within us, it would have given them a chance to assure us that indeed their reaction had absolutely nothing to do with us or our request. In the interview, same thing. Those assumptions get us into so much difficulty. What tangled webs can, can, can become? And I know, because I've been helping with resolution of those for most of my career, I've heard the stories and the assumptions and how terribly wrong things can become so very quickly. Most of us don't feel safe, especially in a power relationship like the one with the boss. And especially when our continued employment is potentially at risk. It's tough to have those clarifying conversations and to dig 
deeper into two of the assumptions that we're making. And it's as pertinent in our home lives as it is in our work environments. We get triggered and we react. We often don't think, and those gremlins have a heyday. I can give you a recent personal example. I had a busy day yesterday. On arriving home, I was greeted to a cheery, so you found something interesting for dinner? Before I even realized it, I'd responded, it's not my job. <laughs> yes, we need to continually work on this stuff. Wow, pretty positional. And to be honest, I had thought of stopping at the grocery store, but I just not had the energy. I knew we had stuff at home that we could pull a meal together from. Anyway, my gremlins had responded for me and they continued, yes. And it did make sense I could have grabbed something since I was out anyway, and no, I hadn't shared that it made sense for us to use up what we already had. This stuff happens so quickly. And do you think my words were helpful? He'd been busy too and had not had a chance to leave his desk. It made sense to him. And about it not being my job, we share tasks. If I was feeling an imbalance, there are much better approaches to such a discussion. As we get better at observing, acknowledging, and refocusing, at not allowing the stuff that can take us out to take control, we lead calmer lives, have much less health challenges, because continued stress can create havoc on our health, and we're happier. We may we waste so much time and energy on, on this. Another tool I found helpful is to journal how I'm feeling. The journal is for my eyes only, and a reread of pages that I've scribed have often provided valuable insights into how my mind works and a good dose of reality when I realized that what I'd expected had not actually occurred. There are times that I received the support that I thought I'd be denied. And I realized how my internal voices were really being a disservice to me because my attitude was screaming that I wasn't going to be supported, and that, that my boss wasn't going to agree with me. And that attitude can result in a self-fulfilling reality. It was the journaling that helped me realize my boss was very supportive of me and my initiatives. Gremlins, negative chatter inside our heads. We can get better at controlling this. And in doing so, it will make a substantive difference on how you feel about yourself and how you present to your world. It is worth working on. I hope this has been helpful. And if you found ways that you've found work effectively to tame those darn gremlins, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email at susangna at gmail.com. Perhaps what has worked for you will help others. Pay it forward. And our time together today is coming to a close. I will be back again next week in the interim. Dare to soar. I believe you can. It's Susan signing out. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks for being here with me and my gremlins. <laughs> Bye for now. Well, we've reached our destination for today. 
time to lower those wheels and prepare for landing. Thank you for joining me. If I said something that resonated with you, please subscribe to the podcast and to share it with others. It would be awesome if you also took the time to provide a review, whatever your favorite social media sites are. If you have a question or an area that you hope I'll cover in a future session, please send me a note either to my website, www.effectingchangefromwithin.com or to my email, susangenay at gmail.com. I look forward to our next time together. In the meantime, soar high. I believe you can. Susan signing off. Thanks again for joining me.